When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. It is the week five preview. Uh, five weeks in, Tyler. It's hard to believe we're over a month of college football, and we've got a lot more to go all the way to the national championship at the start of next year for the 2024 national championship coming up here in the... Uh, well, a little over more than three months, so uh, we're moving right along here, and uh, a lot has happened here in the in the in the first four weeks of the season, and a lot more is going to shake out here, especially inside the top twenty-five uh, this week. So it, it's a big stepping stone for teams within the conference because this is really the time right now where teams are going to face their first conference uh, matchup, their first big conference matchup. Um, it's at this point in the week, I want to, I want to get your, your thoughts of where we stand kind of with college football this season right now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. I think it's about as wide open as you can get. I don't think there's really going to be, once we get to the end of this, there's going to be many undefeated teams. Uh, you look at the SEC, especially the SEC West, the, the West is definitely wide open. Uh, the PAC 12 and their final establishment of being a conference. I mean, that might be, uh, having being the best conference you know with Colorado that was stopped uh, by Oregon but you're looking at the top you know Washington's looking good uh, USC their offense is looking good uh, and then also you know you got teams like Oregon State and Washington State also in the top 25 uh, in Utah too uh, so uh, you know you look at the Big Ten you'll have that race uh, in the Big Ten East so we'll definitely figure out the next couple of weeks uh, so and then in the ACC I think that's about uh, the only conference where we do have some answers looks like Florida State's a runaway but the question is who will be that number two team uh, to compete with them. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a lot of question marks to be answered. You know, we're coming off of a statement Saturday, week number four. But these, uh, you know, in week number five, uh, definitely has a lot of very good games uh, to look out for. Definitely, absolutely. And I think, you know, with that being said, we get into our first, uh, our first topic of the show, and that is our AP Top 25 Risers and Fallers. For those of you that do not know, uh, at this point, we really give our risers and fallers based off of last week for week four and who we think is the biggest faller in the top 25 and who our biggest riser is in the top 25 to make some moves here in week five. 
So we our AP top ten is listed below for you guys for the recording for the sh- for the video show. Um, but through the top twenty five, um, it, it's it's tough because outside of the top ten, you, you don't have um, a lot of move. You had a lot of movement inside the top ten, and and unfortunately, it. it was one where it was just like one or two moves. We really didn't have anybody fall a long, long way. Um, so really, at this point, it's hard to say anybody in the top ten is a is a big faller. Um, but for me, the biggest faller and the one is is I mean they are still undefeated, but they are a faller at the end of the day. And that's USC. USC does fall to number eight. Uh, they were top five. They were sitting in that five spot, but. The problem is, is USC hasn't shown me anything, um, and that's that's the biggest problem. I think USC hasn't shown me that they can really like the first game of the season, first two games. Yeah, they dominated, but they're getting out to slow starts. It looks like I want to get your perspective on it too, but I, I just don't see them making big steps against some teams that really they should be able to handle, and, and, and it just seems like they're falling behind. Uh, schedule when it comes to being able to to put points on the board early and and it's just taking too long I think to kickstart their offense yeah I mean I agree with you you know USC really hasn't been tested I don't know if they're this week uh, against Colorado maybe you know coming off that embarrassing performance uh, so see there are main question as into the season we know that their offense is going to be really good but can their defense be as good as their offense and so far they've really been showing it you know that arizona state game i thought that that was going to be a runaway but arizona state's quarterback uh, played tremendous uh the sun devils you know were no one was really giving them a chance in that one uh, usc was double digit favorites uh, and usc struggled that they ended up uh, winning that game uh, but i haven't really been impressed with USC, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think that a lot of people around the country notice that too. Uh, and I think that the AP poll recognize that they're going to drop a number three. If you look like that against Arizona State team, that's probably going to be at the bottom of the conference, uh, you know, along with teams uh, with Cal and, and, and Stanford uh, that's going to be playing Oregon. But I definitely could see USC as the faller. I'm going to go on the opposite side of that spectrum and go with a team that doesn't really have an offense, and that is the Iowa Hawkeyes. They were number 24 team in the country, and they got absolutely embarrassed uh, by Penn State in the wideout. I think that's more of Penn State. It's a really good football team. I think that a lot of people – you know, not only in the Big Ten Conference is going to notice this team being really good because Penn State has finally found their quarterback. I think that Drew Rowler is definitely the real deal. They had their one-two punch uh, in the running back position. They have one of the best defenses uh, in the Big Ten, too. Uh, but Iowa, with uh, Brian Ferentz and Kirk Ferentz, uh, this drama just continues. Uh, this road to trying to get a, a better offense is just not working out. I think that Iowa just needs to – just cut ties with both of the Ferences, uh, both, you know, Brian Ference and Kirk Ference. It's been too long that Iowa's been in the dumps. Uh, you know, you would have thought that Kay McNamara would be the answer, but nope. This is saying typical Iowa offense. I mean, putting up zero points against Penn State is just absolutely embarrassing. Uh, you know, with the Big Ten West of how it's shaped up, you know, Minnesota coming off that loss against Northwestern. You have Nebraska kind of figuring out with their first year uh, under Matt Rule. And then you got Wisconsin with uh, Luke Fickle. They got the one loss to Wazoo. But Wazoo is a better football team than we expected coming into the season. So I just don't really like the makeup of this Iowa team, especially after a 
34 to nothing drubbing against Penn State. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love the way you finished it because then you're going to get into my riser, and my riser is Wazoo. I, I feel like that team is absolutely out for blood every week. Um, and they play football like I think everybody needs to play football. It's a new opponent. It's somebody new coming in that we can take down. In the last couple of weeks, they've played good football teams, and they've made them look silly. So credit goes to that Wazoo offense. They have absolutely uh, reinvented that offense to something that is far better than what they used to be. Defensively, I think they still have some spots there that they can uh, improve on. I, I feel that that offense, though, is so quick now and they move the ball down the field so fast that it's hard to keep up with them. So for me, that's the biggest riser in the top 25 right now. They moved up five spots. So, I mean, you go from 21 to 16, and now now we're talking. So I think it's a big step for them. And, you know, you mentioned early on in the show that the Pac-12 is a conference that's heading out the door in most people's eyes, and I think both of our eyes as well. So for teams to step on the gas in the Pac-12 and, you know, be a part of something here in the top 25, I think means a lot, and it says a lot to the NCAA that, hey, look, this this conference still has some really good football teams, and, and to the other conferences, I think it's kind of a wake-up call thinking, look, we, the teams that you're getting in these conferences are no cupcakes. They're teams that are going to be able to play a lot – a lot of good football. So credit goes to, to Washington State. Uh, definitely a tough place to play up there. They went on the road, though, and got some wins. And, and credit to that coaching staff. Definitely an improved football team. Yeah, I really like that pick. Cam Ward, you know, you talk about all of the, the Pac-12 quarterbacks being really good. You know, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Cam Ward is definitely right in that. I really like uh, Wazoo and how they're doing. We'll see. They can continue their run of dominance there in the Pac-12. Uh, but – I'm going to go with an SEC team. We're going to go with a team that's gone from the unranked uh, to the ranked, and that's going to be the Missouri Tigers. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago, getting that big victory. Uh, Harrison Mevis with the 61-yard field goal really vaulted this team. You know, this team was just inching along the first couple of games. Uh, they struggled against South Dakota. You know, the score, you know, was like 30-7. to They won that one pretty quickly. And then, But I think that whatever shifted the momentum was that victory against Kansas State because, you know, we saw them against Memphis. They easily could have just fallen flat. Memphis is a very good football team. I think they're going to compete with Tulane in the American Athletic Conference. We'll talk about them later on uh, once we get, once uh, Memphis faces off against Boise State uh, this weekend. Uh, so very impressed with the Missouri offense. You know, Brady Cook, uh, you know, was getting a little bit of criticism from his own fans uh, in the stands. Uh, it looked like he'd take that up to him. I think that Brady Cook uh, is going to definitely be a solid quarterback for them. Uh, look at Luther Burden. He's definitely going to be – one of the bright shining stars on that Missouri offense. And then you got Cody Schrader coming off of the backfield. I think that defense is definitely improving week in and week out. They get Vanderbilt this week. The way that Vanderbilt's been looking, you can just pencil them in, be 5-0. and um, They have some tests coming up. You know, they got to face Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee. Still, you still have the brink of the SEC East to go. But starting off, you know, 4-0 and 5-0 and before you get, you know, they, they'll be hosting LSU. I think that it definitely sets up well for them. I think that's more of a trap game for LSU. And Missouri can win that one, go to 6-0 and heading into the month of October. Look out for this Missouri team, the SEC East. I think that they could be one of the few teams that, that can compete with Georgia. 
Yeah, that K-State win was huge for them, and, and that really vaulted them into the next uh, in the next phase of their season and their program. So a big win for them there a couple weeks ago. Memphis game was a really good football game, so a lot of credit goes to them there. Uh, moving away from those, I went with two teams out west. Tyler, you took two teams in the central uh, part of the country for the most part. So uh, some unexpected people that were picking for risers and fallers. Definitely not the norm, I would say, when it comes to risers and fallers, but I like it. It's a change. It's different. I'm just waiting for the first time that you and I pick a, a group of five school that is the biggest riser and faller. So I'm waiting for that day. That's going to be a good day. Uh, but getting on to the good day, the day of the games, uh, and that is today. So the ACC games of the week, game of the week, we had games of the week, plural last week, cause we had a lot of good games this year. We don't have a ton or this season, uh, this week, we don't have a ton of good games. Um, sorry. It's been a long week. We don't have a ton of good games this weekend, so we've got a couple of good ones, and we've got one for just about each conference. So getting into the biggest game in the ACC, number 11, Notre Dame has fallen down to number 11. They are outside of the top 10. They are the five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, headed to face off against the 17th-ranked Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Tyler, I'm posing a question for you, and the question is, you know, Mike Elko goes on the Pat McAfee show and has the discussion about Riley Leonard and says that Riley Leonard should be in the Heisman Trophy discussion. Um, in your opinion, as of right now, through four weeks, as we're getting into this fifth week, is Riley Leonard good enough to be in talks for the Heisman Trophy? I think he can play himself into it. I think that there's just a tier above him, you know, Phoenix, what he's done in Washington, you know, Jordan Travis, the way that Florida State has got those two statement victories against Clemson and Florida State. Say that if Duke goes on and beats Notre Dame and being beats uh, goes on the road and beats Florida State, then, yeah, I can put you in the Heisman discussion. I think that Riley Leonard, he definitely has the tools of not only being in the Heisman discussion, but – having success uh, in the next level. I think that if you want an NFL comparison, he reminds me so much of Josh Allen, not really of running the football, but I think that it's arm accuracy, the way that he delivers the football down the field. I think that, you know, Mike Elko, I would give credit to him. It's your guy. You want to talk him up. Uh, so let the Heisman discussion begin if Duke uh, can beat Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, so, you know, Riley Leonard kind of hits close to home. He's kind of a... a a regional boy as far as us go down here on the Gulf Coast from Fairhope, Alabama. So he's close to home. So, uh, yeah, it, it's love. It's great to see his success. In my opinion, I just don't think he's in the upper echelon of, to be able to talk about Heisman Trophy uh, candidates. I, I just don't feel that he's going to be one of the four best guys that will be sitting there warming a chair. And, and – for me, it's because, in my opinion, looking at where he's at so far this season, statistics-wise, things that, like that, I just uh, Sam Hartman seems like he's just too far ahead, you know, to, to, to look back and see Riley Leonard. Um, I think he's a system quarterback at Duke. And a system quarterback works at Duke. I don't think you have to change anything. 
I think system quarterback will work in that role. I think Mike Ilko has definitely done well to put Riley Leonard in a situation to succeed with that program. And that program has flourished immensely. I remember when Duke was an awful football team. Uh, and, now, and now they're a good football team that won a bowl game last year. So I think Notre Dame needs to come prepared into this football game. Duke's going to be a difficult place to play. Duke already knows that they are confident at home. They are a confident football team. They have not lost a game yet this year. And they're playing at home. So all the advantages on their side, except for the betting odds, at, at five and a half. But at the end of the day, I think Duke can win this game if they can control the football. <clears throat> the reason they beat Clemson in the first place was because they stopped Clemson multiple times defensively, forced turnovers, got the ball out of their hands, and really controlled the game with ball possession, time of possession, just basically ran Clemson straight off the field. So if they can handle business in this one, I think that it's possible that at 5-0 and we're talking about a top-10 Duke team or sitting right outside of the top-10 just because it would be a huge win for them. Uh, with that being said, on the other side of the ball, Notre Dame needs to keep running the football, and it's balanced between run and pass. That's going to be the biggest thing for them. Running and passing, I think, is key. Um, but for me... I think the the home field advantage means so much more. I It feels weird to take Duke at being number 17 and Notre Dame's 11. They're a good football team. They lost a tough game last week. But I'm going to take Duke. I think the Blue Devils can win at home. Uh, it's one of those where I, I don't feel like this game – this game should be probably around three if I had to guess. But Duke's at home. I'm going to give Duke the outright win. I think they can win this game by three. Low-scoring game, um, you know, I'll go 24-21. Yeah, this is definitely an important game for both of these teams. I would definitely say uh, for Notre Dame's sake, coming off of that, you know, it was an emotional loss uh, to Ohio State, uh, losing on the final play on the last second. It was a defensive battle, 0-0 in the second quarter. Really, both defenses were we're just playing hard-nosed football. And then, you know, Ryan Day having the comments about Lou Holtz after the game. Uh, so, I think that this Notre Dame team is definitely going to be ready and well-prepared. Uh, they're definitely going to have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they already have the one loss. Uh, you know, we all know in the college football playoff era, there hasn't been a, a two-loss team. I just don't think it's going to happen uh, this year. So, uh, you know, Notre Dame, they have this road test against Duke. And then a couple of weeks, they host uh, USC back there in South Bend. So, these next couple of weeks – are really going to be a deciding factor if Sam Hartman stays in the Heisman discussion or if he's out or if Notre Dame is in the college football playoff or out of the playoff discussion. So definitely a lot to play for for you if you're Notre Dame. I think that you hit the nail on the head. Uh, they got to get Audric uh, Estime get going. And the wins uh, that Notre Dame has been going, he has been an absolute – He like he's like a Derrick Henry S. No one can stop him. Going up against a Duke uh, defense uh, that has really looked testy, I think that they're – you know, right up there with Florida State being one of the best defenses there in the ACC. I don't expect many touchdowns to be scored in this one. I, it feels like it's going to start off at that Ohio State, you know, Notre Dame game. Maybe it's like a 7-3 to game going into the half. And then it just comes down to whoever has the ball last, potentially. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in this quarterback battle, Riley Leonard versus Sam Harbin. I think that these are two talented quarterbacks that will – 
go after each other. But I agree with you. I think that I'm going to go with Duke. You know, college game day being there. I just think that the environment's going to be there. I'm going to go with Duke. I It's definitely crazy to see if this would definitely be a heck of a game on the basketball court. But I think that Duke also gets them on the gridiron. I agree with your score. I think it's going to be similar, but I think it's going to be a very narrow win. I'll give Duke the 24, the 23 victory against the Fighting Irish and sends Notre Dame back to South Bend already with two losses uh, heading into the month of October. Yeah, uh, great game there in the ACC today. As far as our other game, moving on to our next conference here is the Big 12. This is a very good game, a 230 game between the 24-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. They're headed to Austin to face off against the third-ranked Texas Longhorns, who are the 16-point favorite at home. Here's the deal. This game is basically... Kansas has nothing to lose. Kansas, I believe, has won the last few matchups in this. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Kansas has basically taken over this series the last couple of years. Now, Kansas is at 24 right now. Kansas is still an undefeated football team. And we've kind of moved around a lot in the top 25 only because some teams have moved around a lot on the lower end of the top 25. So they're in there right now. And I think they're a better football team than that 24 uh, statistic right next to them. As far as Texas goes, they got a gift from Florida state, basically in a tough battle with Clemson, they moved up one. So they, they, they kind of got a gift wrap there and they're headed back home. So many people talk about how complete this Texas football team is. Look, Texas is not safe against Kansas. Kansas has, there's something up with this series between these two teams that just throws everything off kilter. And, you know, according to the FBI, and I, I never follow the FBI, which is, you know, Texas has a 93% chance to win this football game. So they're a 16 point favorite. Could. Kansas win this game? Yeah, they very they very could. I mean, they could win this game. Uh, you know, last second field goals happen. I get it. Um, Texas. I I don't know if I've seen enough of Texas to make the determination that this team can go out there and clean sweep this team at halftime because I don't think they can. I think we're valuing too much of Texas based off of the win against Alabama right now um because at that time Alabama was considered a really good football team. Well, right now Alabama is not considered a good football team. So I got to say that Texas looks more like a number 10 or 11 than they do a 3 in my opinion. Uh and this game line is a little too high for my liking. Um I think Kansas can cover it, but Texas wins by Three, I think it's a 33-30 win for Texas here at home. Man, man, another crazy and wacky. This is, yeah, this series has definitely been fun. You know, Kansas has of late, but Kansas has of old. You know, Texas was just curb stomping them. But Kansas, the way that they've been doing, you know, getting, you know, Jalen Daniels back, I think that's been helping him. Uh, but Kansas defense has to step up if they want any shot of it because they – 
they struggled in their last couple of games. You know, the Illinois game, they their offense got off to a hot start. Their defense played well in the first half, but then in the second half, Illinois came back. And then the BYU game, you know, their offense was once again. So I think that Kansas, honestly, if they want any shot of this one, they're going to have to play Texas uh, into a high-scoring affair and hope that Jalen Daniels and this offense can just keep on attacking against his Texas secondary because they, I don't think that Kansas uh, rush game is not going to be too effective. Texas, you know, their de- Texas defensive line is going to be too strong for Kansas' offensive line to handle in this matchup. But Texas definitely has the playmakers. Uh, A.D. Mitchell is one of their leading receivers. You know, Quinn Ewers, the way that he's been playing. You know, Texas, we look at them. You know, and they got the win against Alabama. After that, you know, they struggled against Wyoming. They ended up getting the victory. And then last week, very impressed, you know, against a Baylor team who maybe is very bad or maybe Texas is very good. We'll definitely figure it out uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I agree with you on the lines uh, that Kansas will cover this one, but it's not going to be, you know, like a three-point game. I still think that Texas just has too many weapons on the offense and defensive side of the ball. I just trust Texas' defense more than Kansas right now. Don't get me wrong, I think that Kansas definitely has the playmakers. For this one to be closed for at least three quarters, but I think that Texas pulls away in the fourth quarter. Give me the Longhorns to stay undefeated and be a top five team. I'll give them the 38-24 to win as they defend their home turf against the Jayhawks. Yeah, no, good pick there. Uh, you know, biggest question mark for Texas for me is Texas is averaging 155 on the ground per game. Um, for me, that's just too low when you're almost averaging 300 passing a game uh for texas uh, they have to pay attention to that run pass balance don't get too pass heavy because kansas has some good players in the secondary that will go and get a football so they need to be very careful about about that especially um w- with this team i mean this is this is a, a really good kansas football team and you can't underestimate uh their players on their team there right now with the, with the way this football team has changed Getting away from the Big 12 to the Big 10 here, the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines are finally headed on the road, folks. Oh my God, I never thought I'd see it. Michigan's on the road for week five. They are the 18-point favorite on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, You know, (laughs) this game, it looks like a Michigan runaway, folks, and a but the problem is, is I've been around Big Ten football long enough to know that this game is going to be close. And I, I just think it's because Nebraska's pesky on defense. They know it's Michigan coming in here. That place will be sold out. Um, and Michigan being an 18 point on the road uh, against anybody this season in their conference is absurd to me. So um I'm not liking the line. I think Nebraska covers this line. Um, do I think Nebraska wins the football game? Probably not. But I think Nebraska can cover an 18. I, I I don't have any doubt in that. Michigan hasn't been able to score the football much at all. And, and Rutgers, offensively, they're just not there right now. Um, plus, they were playing on the road. A tough game to play on the road you know, in the big house. So I get it. And for Nebraska, I've, I think they're going to be able to score the football at home. I think that's their advantage is home. Um, Michigan gets the win, though, in my opinion. I'll go 
Yeah, I mean, if you've been watching every game that Michigan's been playing, it's a slow start, and then they f- figure out a way to win every game 31-7. to I feel like every game's either been 38-7 or 31-7. to It's like, my gosh, can this team – you know, I know it's like it's like a struggle every freaking week with this team. Like, you're number two in the country. You're supposed to get out to a fast start. I'm sure that Michigan fans are, are wanting that too. You know, you get Jim Harbaugh back last week against Rutgers. Whoopie do. I mean, look at Michigan's schedule. You could say the same for Georgia and the same for many teams. They haven't really been tested. They won't be tested until they probably play Penn State. Uh, you just look at their, just go look at Michigan's schedule. I mean, it's it's just cupcake, cupcake after cupcake. I just don't see Nebraska even keeping this close. Nebraska is still figuring out their offense. You know, last time that we saw this Nebraska team, you know, on you know live national television was against Colorado, and their quarterback turned it over like three or four times. So I just don't think that this offense is going to have enough firepower, enough juice in them. If they want to win this football game, they better just hold on to the ball and just keep running the football until they can't more and make it like a three to seven to three typical Big Ten football game. But I just don't see, you know, I think that Nebraska will probably, you know, have this game closed in the first half just because that's how Michigan has played this one. Now maybe Michigan get off to a fast start. That would definitely be great to see for them for once this season, uh, especially with the talent that they have on both sides of the ball. You know, J.J. McCarthy, he's been up and down all season. You know, in the in a couple of games uh, in the non-conference, he had three picks against Bowling Green, Rutgers. He had a couple of touchdowns, uh, but – I think that, you know, McCarthy has to figure it out some way or another, or Michigan's going to get beat as soon as they face somebody with a pulse. But I think that they cover this one pretty easily. Nebraska just doesn't have the offense uh, to really handle with them. I think that their defense also isn't that good either. I, you know, you look at Colorado's offense, they were able to have success against them, you know, other teams too. So I just don't see this one being close. I'll go 28-7 to victory for the Maze in blue. Yeah, so you mentioned Colorado there for a second. So we'll get out to the Pac-12 here. And number eight, USC, will head on the road to Boulder as the 21-and-a-half-point favorite against the Colorado Buffalo. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about this game. This game is either going to be really close or really one-sided. And... I'm going to err on the side of close only because I haven't seen USC get out to a solid start yet this season. Um, you're missing a couple of playmakers for Colorado. I get it. But look, that's why you brought in apparently the best kids in, in the country, according to Dion. So they're going to have to play football. And, and defend, defense is going to be priority number one against this USC offense. Uh, if they can stop USC's offense and get USC's defense on the field long enough to score the football, then they have a chance. 21.5 is too much. USC will not cover a 21.5. And, and I don't think they're going to do it in their conference all season long. I just don't think that they're able to do any sort of line like that. I don't think they're going to have a line that's going to be as high as this game right here. So... I think Colorado can cover it. USC is going to win this football game at the end of the day. Um, I think SC gets it done, and I'll go 42-20. God, it's hard to say. 42-28? 
It's pick and choose with these teams. I mean, USC, if they keep playing like this, they're going to get beat eventually. Colorado coming off that embarrassing performance uh, against Oregon. But, man, Oregon is looking like a pretty damn good football team. I think that Oregon is definitely playing better to the potential that USC is. USC, it feels like, you know, the first couple of games, they were just playing, you know, junior varsity teams. And then they play uh, Arizona State, and Arizona State was able to hang around with them. I think that Colorado at home, Dion is going to really let that, you know, not, they're not going to get beat like that again. I don't think that this season, you know, USC and their offense, I think we'll be able to score. We definitely see that, you know, Colorado's defense isn't where it needs to be. Colorado, you know, wasn't able to really tap into the transfer portal, the offensive and defensive line that Oregon had. Uh, we'll see if they can match up against USC's offensive and defensive line. I just, I think that Colorado will cover. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that the way that USC has been playing, I just don't think that they're just going to wake up on Saturday like, all right, we're number eight in the country. Let's go ahead and show it. I just think that Colorado, they still have some fuel to the fire. I know that Travis Hunter is still out, uh, but, you know, Xavier Worthy has to step up, uh, look for the, their Edwards, uh, the running back. Shadir Sanders is not going to have bad-to-bad, bad-to-back bad, uh, -back, uh, weekends. Uh, but I do still have USC and Kale Williams uh, winning this one. Uh, I'll go 38-27 to 27, uh, in favor of the Trojans. Yeah, I didn't spend too much longer on that game, only because uh, we do see SC winning that game pretty handedly, um, but Colorado covering that football game. Headed to the SEC, the 13th-ranked LSU Tigers are headed to Ole Miss, to Oxford, Mississippi, to face off against the Rebels. LSU is the two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Ole Miss after they suffered their heartbreaking loss to Alabama last week. LSU's coming off of a very, very close win margin against Arkansas uh, at home. That that game there um, kind of in it, it kind of blinds you when it comes to a game like this. You have an LSU team that really played poor in the first half, and an Ole Miss team that kept it close in the first half. They lost control in the second half against Alabama, and uh, LSU let let uh, Arkansas stick around, you know, in the second half. So these two teams have a lot to improve on. They're sitting at 13 and 20 and they're really a lot closer match than what that looks like there. Um, I think the biggest difference here is can LSU win a good, can they, can they beat a, a decent football team on the road? And the answer for that to me, I just don't think LSU is going to be able to win this football game. I, there's, there's too much – like, even if Ole Miss was playing against Alabama at home last week, I think that game is really close. But for Ole Miss to be playing at home this week, I think they're out for blood, especially after that game last week. And LSU really needs to be aware of that. I just – to me, it feels like LSU – it feels like Brian Kelly's asleep at the wheel right now. And it's just – they're missing something there. They're missing their their – firepower and their pop it just and i know you can probably speak to it more than i can but just sitting there like being able to take that in they just feel like they're missing something um for Ole miss it comes down to execution i think they have pieces in order to win football games in the sec are they going to be close to an sec championship i don't think so they're just not there yet um and of course they're a young football team so it's understandable that they have time to develop it and get better. 
Um, so for me, I, I think Ole Miss wins this football game. I think they can get it done at the end of the day. Is it a close game? Yes. Do I think there's a ton of points in this game? No, probably not. Uh, I, I'll give Ole Miss the one-point victory, uh, a 28-27. I think that this is going to be uh, an offensive explosion, uh, especially the way that, you know, both of the secondaries definitely had some issues. You know, Alabama was able to have their way, and, and Arkansas was able to have their way. I mean, golly, that tight end was just running down the field so many times. He was just picking up miles on his Fitbit uh, during the game. Uh, but LSU has to have a fast start on an offense. They pretty much have to do the same format like you did uh, in the 11 a.m. game against Mississippi State. We need to see that fire again from this LSU offense because we didn't really see it in the first half against Arkansas. James really struggled. Uh, in the first half, uh, he was missing on, on wide open throws, uh, but he was able to, to bounce back, you know, hit uh, Brian Thomas on those two long touchdown grabs. And, and Ole Miss, I just don't think that their offense is really going to have a bad weekend once again. I think that the way that Jackson Dart played, uh, he's looked at the film. Uh, Quinchon Jukins definitely has to get more involved in this one. If you look, I think that Ole Miss is going to attack this LSU secondary that has a lot of issues. You know, Florida State was able to have their way. And Arkansas was also able to have their ways. Kiffin, this offense, they scored 10 points. That's the lowest they have ever scored since the 2020 season. I think that they're they're just due to have an offense and explosion. It's going to come at the hands of LSU. And I think that LSU is going to find a way to win. I, I, you know, in the confidence level, probably like a 60% confidence level that LSU is going to win this football game. You know, it's a Magnolia Bowl. It's a robbery game. Ole Miss. Coming off of a loss, they're going to be pissed off. Uh, they're coming back in front of their home fans. They still want to stay in the SEC race because of all. This one really uh, in the driver's seat uh, along there with Alabama because Alabama, their one loss is outside the conference and they're sitting uh, at 1 0. So I am going to go uh, with a high score and shoot out here. LSU wins this one by a field goal, so I guess they cover this one due to Vegas. I'll say 37-34, Tigers get the victory. Yeah, moving away from this, we'll go to the big bad group of five, and our group of five game of the week is the Boise State Broncos. They're headed to Memphis to face off against the Memphis Tigers, who are the three-point favorite at home. Memphis coming off of a game last week against Missouri where they played well um, in – Boise State coming off of a shaky start to the season where they start 500. So these two teams have a little bit to prove here. Uh, For me, I won't spend long in this game. I just don't see Boise State. I don't see them moving the football like they used to right now. Um, As far as Memphis goes, I I think they're the same offense. They've always been the same offense. Pretty open book. As far as that goes, who can stop anybody on defense? That's going to be the biggest question. I think defensively, Memphis is the better team. They're playing at home. I give Memphis the win. They cover the three here against Boise State. I think they can win this by 14. Uh, They have a chance to do that. It's probably more realistic around a 10. Uh, So I'm going to go 31-21. They get that victory over the Broncos. Yeah, really looking forward to this one. You know, Boise State, like you mentioned, they had their one loss uh, very early. Uh, Memphis uh, did too uh, just this past week that we were talking about earlier on the show against uh, Missouri. But I think that – you know, Memphis is definitely going to be one of those teams that they're going to hang around. You know, Boise State, this is a tough road trip coming from Idaho all the way down to Memphis, Tennessee. So that definitely always plays uh, into that environment. You know, playing in the Liberty Bowl is always tough. I think that Memphis, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. I think that 
Memphis is going to to cover this one. I think that Memphis's uh, offense is just going to be too much for Boise State's defense. I do think uh, that Boise State will definitely be one of those teams that we'll be talking about uh, in the Mountain West. You know, along with teams like Wyoming Air Force. My gosh, if you haven't watched Air Force play, you better watch them play because the Air Force is looking like an absolute gauntlet out there uh, in the Mountain West. Uh, but I'm going to go with Memphis in this one just because if it's at home. If this was on the blue turf, I would go with Boise. Uh, but I think I really trust this Memphis offense, a, a bounce it back. You know, they didn't really have a bad outing against Missouri. They really played well. But I think that their defense uh, comes back, solves their issues. Give me Memphis in this one. I'll go 34-27, to 27, a touchdown victory for Memphis. Yeah, after our, after their 34-27 loss on that game last week against Missouri, a good bounce-back opportunity for them at home against Boise State. Those are our games of the week, folks, for your games this weekend. Uh, some great ones to watch there. There is a ranked team in just about every one of those. Everyone in the top – or everyone in the group of five – sorry, out in the power five, everybody in the group of five, there is at least one – uh, ranked team in there, uh, not so much in our group of five, but two really good football teams there competing. So our this gets us to our last segment of the show. That is our best bets for week five. Week five best bets. Uh, Tyler, hit me with your best bets for this weekend and uh, some teams that you can bank on getting you some money. I think that this is going to be another bold one. I'm just feeling a little spicy lately, uh, but this is going to be my upset uh, pick of the week. It's an early one, uh, so this might be a bad beat. <laughs> so, so hopefully it isn't. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Kentucky Wildcats outright. They are a one-point favorite against the number 22nd-ranked Florida Gators. Florida coming off uh, of a little uh, shaky performance uh, at home against Charlotte, only putting up 22 points, maybe looking a little bit ahead against Kentucky, but Kentucky has really, no one's really been talking about this Kentucky team. You know, Devin Leary transferring from NC State. Uh, they got a, a lot of the weapons with, with Dane Key as their main uh, wide receiver, and then they got Ray Davis coming out of the backfield. So I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle, but Kentucky, I think, uh, you know, Florida was absolutely dominating the series. Ken, Kentucky's going for their third straight win. I think they get it in Lexington. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one, the spicy one. I'm going to go with the spicy one, too. Mine's a little more spicier Ooh. than yours, so i got to sit up for this one. Uh, for me, it's an SEC matchup. It's an SEC East matchup. Uh, it is the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, both these teams have lost games. South Carolina is 500. I don't see South Carolina going to 2-3. and three. I think South Carolina wins on the road at Tennessee and gets a big upset win against an 11-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um, I think South Carolina is devalued just a little bit right now, and I think Tennessee is overvalued right now. So Tennessee at 21 is is really low, uh, and, and I think that they're going to start falling in the wrong direction. So I think the Gamecocks can win that outright on the road that's a that would be a huge win for them and and that's a big bet so uh hopefully that one will cash in but uh any more bets for you tyler on your side i'll give you a little quick one uh, this is a, a night game uh, this was between uh two three and one teams in the big 12 this line is just too much for me uh tcu is a 13 and a half point favorite i think that west virginia covers that i think that west virginia has definitely found 
their groove against Penn State. That's another one that I think that you're going to look at. That that's a better win for Penn State. West Virginia has definitely bounced back. You know, Neil Brown coming into the season maybe had some hot seat, but those are definitely out the water. I think that their offense has definitely improved. Their defense absolutely shut down Texas Tech. So I think that, uh, you know, TCU being almost a 14-point favorite at home, don't get me wrong, TCU has bounced back from their loss against Colorado. I think that the Mountaineers come to play, uh, you know, not really pull off the upset, but I think that they play TCU close uh, in Fort Worth. Yeah, my, my last one here is uh, the only team that currently from the group of five that is occupying a spot in the top 25, Fresno State. I think Fresno State, uh, they currently are a 24 and a half at home against Nevada. I think they will cover that. Nevada has not won a football game yet this season. They are 0-4 right now in the season. Fresno State is undefeated right now. Uh, so I look to see Fresno State roll in that one and, and win that pretty easily. So I think 24 and a half is a lot, but I think it's safe uh, to take them to get a win there big time. So, folks, that is your week five breakdown. Uh, some great games on today. So sit back, relax, enjoy it. I know they've had some terrible weather up in the Northeast. So if you're watching the Northeast, all you got to do is sit back and watch them football. Crack open a cold one and, and enjoy it. Down here, we're having some wonderful weather. It's still a little warm for our liking right now. Waiting for it to cool off. I'm so ready for it. Trying to get out, play a little more golf. Uh, but look, folks, enjoy it. It's a great weekend. And uh, hopefully your bets will cash in this weekend. We're hoping that we get a cash in this weekend. And there'll be some great football to watch. We will see you guys again next week. We'll break down our risers and fallers and get into week six. We've got some great matchups coming up again next week.